0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. With the
1: first jewel claim. Oh, it's a photo of the Derby. Miss the, the race for the Triple Crown erupts into an epic party. The Preakness Stakes, May 18th on NBC and Peacock. Sunday, May 26th, the greatest spectacle in racing returns. The Indianapolis 500 on NBC and Peacock. 30. Three of the world's fastest drivers go head-to-head for a chance to kiss the bricks, taste the milk, and claim their place in racing history. Experience the drama, the pageantry, the tradition. Live from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Indy 500, Sunday, May 26th on NBC at Peacock. Or listen on Sirius XM NBC Sports Channel.
0: What are your first impressions, Ben and Mac, this week as you've joined them on the practice
1: field? Uh, Matt, uh, good energy, Uh, awesome guy, man. You can tell he's happy to be
2: here, Um, comes to work, and uh, you know, you just can feel his energy and his leadership uh, already. Uh, He has the swag to him that uh, I didn't know that he had at first, you know, he's out there. Um, He's out there confident and and that's what you need in a
1: quarterback and in all our players, you know, you gotta have confidence, so uh, he's come in with that,
3: and I feel like that's gonna take him a long way.
0: New Patriots receiver Kendrick Bourne talking about new Patriots quarterback Mac Jones, 15th overall pick in the draft, the guy that some still are convinced was initially going to be the third overall pick in the draft, the 49ers, until they pivoted to Trey Lance. You know, Mike Reese of ESPN.com had an item over the weekend. He had been to the OTA practice on Thursday, and he said Mac Jones running that offense, seemingly throwing the ball where it was supposed to go every time. Yes, it's offseason. Yes, it's against – you know, guys who aren't trying to come decapitate you, but he was making good decisions in an offense where you have to show a mastery of that attack, and so far so good for Mac Jones in competition with Cam Newton, Chris, but number 30, without ever taking a snap in the NFL.: That's right the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback countdown ahead of a super bowl yeah participant right in jared goff is mac jones at number
2: yeah I, you know more talented i'm sorry you know and yeah he's a rookie but he's an experienced rookie and i know it was only 17 games in college but it's all those years at alabama all right and playing the tough sec schedule and everything about that and all the things you hear right now listen it's been nothing but positives all you you don't even hear things about these the, like first round picks in new england they're 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 quietly gushing about him. That just tells you it all. He is the most NFL ready quarterback to come out in the draft this year. Hands down. That's why he was valued so high. He can play in any offense other than Lamar Jackson. He's a high level thrower of the football, as accurate as you're gonna get in the NFL already, right now. You know, anticipation, feel in the pocket, it's all top notch. That's where Mac Jones is really special. And, you know, to add to what Kendrick Bourne said, one of the biggest things I heard, this is where it's funny with Mac Jones because, I mean, we talked about it a lot, right? Wish he would wear his uniform better, look a little different, wish he would look a little cooler. He's like a.k.a. nerdy white guy with a dad bod, yet he's 24 or 23 years old. But anybody you talk to, Alabama, New England so far, whatever, Mac Jones has a real edge and swagger about him that is real. And I think, you know, you could tell by listening to his receivers last year, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, that there's a real leadership factor about what he brings to the table, too. But, yes, I think he's ready to go right now, NFL ready. And, yeah, I give him the advantage over a guy like Jared Goff. You heard me say last week, I mean, Jared Goff, I'm not all that impressed with his physical abilities. And he doesn't play the game like an experienced fifth or sixth year type quarterback. So that's where it's like okay, there's no advantage to be had there. Mac Jones, uh, I I really I'm excited about. I don't know if he plays this year, but when he does, I think it's going to be damn good.
0: I just wonder whether Bill Belichick takes Mac Jones into the equipment manager's office and says, "Make this guy look less like Bobby Lane, please." That was just <laughs> seriously. It was just it was it really was an obvious quality. Oh. The way his body looked, the way his uniform fit, it just was like this guy's a quarterback who's highly regarded by the NFL something doesn't compute here I know we have seen over time even though it's not like quarterbacks for the most part are cut up and but they're, they're, they're not dumpy looking and right he's kind of dumpy looking he's so square we'll looking yeah it's 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 ultimately not going to matter if you can get the football where it well, needs to be here's Bill Belichick yep. from last week we played this on Friday Chris I want you to hear this talking about both Cam Newton and Mac Jones because I think Belichick likes both of them which is going to make the decision as to who starts even harder
3: Cam has been here, um, you know, all the way through. Um, he was here, you know, at the beginning, and you know has been been a consistent participant. It's, you know, continues to give us the usual, um, you know, leadership and and um, you know energy that, that he brings to the field, into the workouts, and and to practice. So, um, you know, Cam's Cam's very professional, and I. I'm sure that he'll, you know, continue to work hard to do his best out there, like he's always done for us. It's never been anything but that, uh, from the day he got here. But really, we're starting everybody at the same point, like we always do, at uh, this time of year. So, you know, Max, Mac dove into the playbook and continues to do that. And, um, you know, like everybody out there, you know, we all have a lot of things we got to work on, and that that includes everybody. And and so that's what he's doing. That's what everybody's doing.
0: When you were in your hammock, Peter and I discussed on Friday the reality that even though there's some nepotism in the coaching staff with a couple of Belichick's not named Bill who work under him, it's a meritocracy on the field. He's going to go with the guy who gives the team the best chance to win. And it's going to be a hell of a decision because you can make the argument that either guy. Can help the Patriots win this year. No, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I
2: think Mac Jones, like I said, he's he's NFL ready. There's no doubt about it. That's the kind of football he played at Alabama, and you know, if there is a rookie that could come in there and start, it would be this guy. You know, I've heard the phrase "blown away" by what they've seen to this point come out of New England. Blown away. So that doesn't mean it's just like average or okay, or he's working hard. That, that means there's a little something more to it. Now, I don't expect them to be the starter. I still expect it to be Cam Newton. But I do think that, like, Mac Jones will challenge and New England's going to like what they see from the guy. You know, the big thing, too, going back to what you said before we got to the Belichick press conference there, you know, you, you, the looks, hey, the looks, you got to get past the looks. Yeah, I know they don't look good, but the results and what you watch on the field – are outstanding constantly, Mike, constantly. I mean, his feet, his movement in the pocket was as good as anybody in the draft. It was the best. Accuracy, probably the best in the draft. Decision-making, the speed in which you could go through and like read and react and diagnose coverages and all that, like I told you, it was the best in the draft, as good as I've ever seen other than Joe Burrow from two years ago. So all those things are, you know, pretty special and, of course, really held in high regard in New England. And that's where, to me, people are missing on the Mac Jones. And Mike, Mike, people are already, they're already covering their tracks with Mac Jones. All the haters in the world that, oh, I can't believe he's going to be drafted in front of Jason, Justin Fields and Trey Lance and all that type of stuff. All the people, you know, there was the excuse, well, you know, if he, the 49ers take him, well, then he's got Shanahan's offense, so it'll work. And, oh, no, New England took him. So it, it'll work because it's New England's offense. But I don't hear that with Trey Lance now. I thought it should work. He should be able to play. Let's go. That's what I don't like, these double messages sent out about certain players. But he's a damn good player, and he's in the top 30 for me, as you see, as far as quarterbacks.
0: And for the first time ever, there will be a three-game preseason this year for all teams except yeah. for the Cowboys and Steelers. And for the Patriots, there's a three-game Regular season, preseason that precedes the week four showdown against Hashtag Tommy. That's I, – I, I don't care what Bill Belichick says. We take it a game at a time. We're on to Cincinnati. Baloney. You want, whether it's Mac Jones or Cam Newton, Yeah. you want that guy to be ready for week four Sunday night, the guy that gives them the best chance to beat Tom Brady. Oh, by the way, Cam Newton, 2-0 and oh, all time. Against Tom Brady even though quarterback wins aren't a stat it's worth pointing it out all right Andy Dalton guy who will be supplanted at some point presumably by Justin Fields Dalton's got that one-year eight-figure contract he comes in at number 29 on the Chris Sims quarterback top 40 countdown how long do you think it will be and it's funny I'm looking this and it says how long until Andy is wearing a hat and earpiece I thought it said hat and hairpiece uh, and, uh, that's a very different, uh, connotation altogether, but how long until he's on the, on the bench watching Justin Fields?
2: Well, he, I mean, it's going to have to fight him off. I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be, the pressure is going to be on him every day. I mean, yeah, you know, Mac Jones is going to put pressure on, on Cam Newton. I do believe that, but yes, you know, Andy Dalton is going to have to answer the bell and be on his game daily with Justin Fields. The number 11 pick we traded up to get him and do all those things. And that's what I'll say about Andy Dalton. First off, he's got more physical ability than we all give him credit for. Moves a little bit better than we want to give him credit for. Arm has a little bit more power than we want to give it credit for. He can push the ball down the field, outside the numbers, do all those type of things. He can move out of the pocket a little bit, but it, it's not enough. To, none of it's enough for you to just go, "Man, he's our guy. He's the future. Here we go." He's one of those talents in the NFL where you go, oh, yeah, he could start for us, but I think we could do better. He is one of those guys, and I, I don't like to say that and, or be disrespectful in any in any way about that. He's had a great career. He still can do some good things, but I, I think it's going to be him having to play at a high level through training camp and preseason, and Justin Fields I think would have to be play poor or do bad to not even be in the mix, Mike. I think in my heart of hearts, Mike, if if I'm the Bears and you you hear me out here if you think I'm right or anything, I have a package for Justin Fields in week one. When we go to play the Rams, okay, we go down and score a touchdown. All right, we get the ball back. Andy Dalton, the offense, they go three and out. Oh, it's series number three. Let's bring Justin Fields in. We got a few quarterback design runs. The Rams haven't been able to prepare for this. They don't know what they're going to do. Oh, we got a nice, easy game plan pass off of, the, of those runs. Okay, we got Justin Fields on the play for six or seven plays in this you know, this series. See where it goes. Maybe if you go score points, maybe you keep him in. I don't know. But I would think you have a package ready to kind of slowly get him indoctrinated in uh, early on in the year.
0: Something I heard over the weekend yeah. that made a lot of sense. Now, this sets aside the fact that Matt Nagy, the coach, and Ryan Pace, the GM, won't fully and completely be judged on fields until 2022. Right. So maybe there is some reason to go easy with him. Matt Nagy, fully aware of the Patrick Mahomes career arc which consisted of what in 2017 right not playing until the final game of the season a meaningless game where they played the Broncos and he he wasn't spectacular but he was good he wasn't anything but he was good enough to get to say all right he's ready he's ready right but um Nagy who then became the Bears coach after that season remembering that experience remembering that value of having Patrick Mahomes sit there could be an inclination, Chris, to have Justin Fields sit most, if not all, of the year and be ready to go come twenty twenty two.
2: I I hear you. I do. I I don't favor that formula. I don't. One, I don't think the Bears are in the same place as the Chiefs, so I think you know you might you might need Justin Fields to grow more than maybe a Patrick Mahomes, if that made any sense, really. But the other aspect, like that that would jump out, or at least that I'll, I'll play devil's advocate because, of course, we know that worked out great. But I'm still more of a guy that put him out there, get him to play. Who, I, I know Mahomes had that great first year after sitting out you know, his rookie year. So now it's his second year. Who's to say that year wouldn't have been better, though, if he played his rookie year? That's where I think sometimes people just gloss that over and go, well, Patrick Mahomes set out his first year and the second year, and look at what he did. Who's to say he wouldn't have thrown for 62 touchdowns and maybe not been fooled by New England in the first half of the AFC Championship game when they were playing some crazy defense? Maybe that experience would have helped him – Play better in the first half of that game where they scored no points or anything like that. That's all I'm saying. I'm I, you know, i not to say I'm right or wrong, but I just think it's good food for thought nonetheless.
0: I remember Travis Kelsey being on this show, 2017 season. We asked about Patrick Mahomes, and he was talking about the incredible things he was doing on the practice field, and then the Chiefs fell into a funk offensively, and we were saying, put it, Yeah. Let's go. Right. Put Mahomes on the field. They resisted for whatever reason, but, hey, they, they could have been – in four straight AFC championship games, not three straight, if they had gone with Mahomes. So just because it's worked the last three years for the Chiefs doesn't mean it wouldn't have worked in 2017. Yeah, right. And it is different, too. Andy Dalton isn't a guy who has equity built up with the Bears. That's He's right. The guy that they brought in and paid $10 bucks to, and they called him the starter, and they, they put QB1 on Twitter, and uh, he may be QB2 before too long. Here's Jay Cutler. Former QB one at the Chicago Bears appearing on ESPN One Thousand in Chicago with his views on whether or not Justin Fields should play or sit.
2: I wouldn't play the kid to start. I, okay. that's what I would. That, that that's where I would start. I would let him watch, and I think it's just a tough spot to, to put you know someone out there, especially in Chicago. And you know, I, I think Andy is is more than serviceable. I think they can win games with Andy and, and kind of float the ship along until he's the kid's ready.
0: Yeah, and uh, look, if Dalton comes out of the gates and plays well, yeah, then, then let it ride. And this is different than Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo comes out of the gates and plays well. You let it ride. You let it ride all season long. Then you got a problem next season. Andy Dalton would have to do a hell of a lot to throw a wrench into the plan for Justin Fields to be the guy come 2022. I don't think Dalton is going to be capable. That's right. And even if the Bears would be really good, no one's going to think Dalton's the one who came in and did it. So I don't think they have that danger if they do let Justin Fields sit. I'm just a firm believer. If you're going to trade up, if you're going to give up a future first-round pick and package it with this this year's first-round pick and trade up to get a guy, a quarterback, in round one, fringe of the top ten, you better be ready to use him. And I can't come up with a good reason not to use
2: him. No. I mean, listen, Andy Dalton, they can win. They certainly do those things. But I'm like you. You're right. You make those type of moves. From all appearances, it looks like 2022 is the year, right? I want to have him ready. I don't want it to be like, whoa, this is the big year. My ass is on fire. We might get fired. Hey, let's throw our quarterback out here and let's see how he grows during the year. No, I already want him like some growth already there. And here's another aspect to where, again, I know they can win and do things with Andy, uh, Andy Dalton and we're supposed to be talking about him, but this is a Bears conversation either way. They, they, You know, yeah, right to this point, Matt Nagy's offense has not shown us, like, that it's going to be anything special. We've seen nothing to think schematically that there's something there with a guy like Andy Dalton that it's just going to pop, and here we go. Like, whoa, all right, awesome. It has a chance to be more special with me with a guy like Justin Fields. He's going to give you more schematical advantages in his skill set and what he can do and maybe expand what I would call a pretty ordinary offense and give it a little bit more complexity and things to think about when you got a guy like Justin Fields who we know can run the way he can run and even though he needs polish in his passing has a stronger arm than Andy Dalton. I mean, he'll be able to launch 65- and 70-yard bombs to stress the defense out that way, too. So that's where I get into some of the advantages of Justin Fields. Like, I hear what Jay Cutler's saying, but, man, this guy played at Ohio State. He's been in the national championship game. He went to Georgia before that. I, I don't think the pressure's going to be too much for him. You know, I, I think it's one of those things that if he shows he's kind of like ready, grasping the offense, doing good in preseason and training camp, like you and I have discussed, that you slowly get him ready early in the year. And when you, see, you think the timing's right, you get him in there and you go.
0: I just don't understand the disconnect that we see where a team demonstrates on draft day how thoroughly it believes in a guy and then acts differently after that yeah i know in in this day and age that doesn't work anymore and yes the no. chiefs got away with it but for the most part just like the 49ers is one of the reasons why we're so confused about what they did yeah all that you give up and now you're still talking about jimmy gb and your quarterback there, there's there's something there there's a there's a split there that i think a lot of fans and a lot of media look at and say we don't get it right all right uh, from a couple of guys trying to make their mark this year to a couple of guys who were rookies last year, some news as it relates to Joe Burrow and Tua Tonga We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after.
1: For the world's greatest athletes,
2: this is the showdown we've been waiting for.
1: There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It
3: doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez...
1: The hope of rewriting history.
0: Is calling,
1: and the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA, and Peacock. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fantango. Breathe in. <sighs> Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. Ha. <sighs> Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango. It's your ticket to the movies.
0: Joe Burrow last year awesome until the knee injury all indications are he'll be ready to go he said last week he would like to be more explosive in 2021 it helps to have Jamar Chase Chris to go along with Tyler Boyd and the other weapons they have in Cincinnati the question becomes will he have the time to get rid of the football he's going to have to maybe go through his reads more quickly because they didn't invest in the offensive line maybe the way they could have trying to make it better trying to protect him but They've given him one of the best weapons in the draft in Jamar Chase, reunited him with a guy, generated a ton of numbers in LSU. I'm excited about this Bengals team. I wish for them they were in another division. You know, because they could be better this year, but their record may not show very much improvement, and that could put Zach Taylor in serious trouble. Yeah, no no doubt about it. You're right. I
2: mean, I think they're a team on the rise. There's a lot to like, but it's a tough division. There's no doubt. And you got a quarterback who, by all appearances, we don't expect to be 100% to start the year. He's probably going to be, you know, 90%, something like that, have to work his way to 100%, you know? And his explosive comment, hey, it's, it's that's a real thing. They do need to become explosive. Look at more those explosive. numbers. Yeah. It's, look at the numbers. It shows you right there. You know, You know, how many games did we look at early in the year last year where he's – it's 45 throws and, you know, it's barely 300 yards or something like that. Yes, you know, I think they probably look go back and look at it, and he goes, wait, we could be, I could be a better player if we could just be a little bit more explosive, stretch the field that way, and it'll help them as a football team. It's just too hard to be going dink and dunk six and seven yards at a time all the time. Uh, so
0: hopefully that Jamar Chase element really opens them up. The key is going to be, as you said, getting to 100%. Will he be there or close to it? And that other element that I've mentioned a few times, when that left knee is exposed, as yeah. you step up, are you comfortable in the knowledge or the hope that someone's not going to hit that knee again? And uh, maybe it needs to take a hit in that brace and you realize you're okay for that, that confidence to return. right? But, uh, it- Bengals could be very good yeah. this year if he's very healthy and if he can get the ball down the field to Jamar Chase. Lynn Bowden Jr. on Tua Tonga-Vailoa recently said, when he lets it loose, we'll win every game. Look, there's a ton of confidence in Miami in Tua. We spoke last week and we played his own words, an extended clip where he acknowledges he didn't know the playbook well enough last year, which may explain a couple of the occasions when he was benched. But they are really heaping the praise, and in turn, I think raising the bar for what they expect to see from Tua this year. Chris sounds like it's like a organizational, you know, talking point or
2: or, or something from that standpoint. As far as yeah, they're gonna like almost will it into reality, and that you know when I like, when I hear things like that from a receiver and all those type of things, you know, that, that to me almost sounds like too like you know that's what the coaches are saying. Lynn Bowden Jr.'s in there, you know, with the wide receivers in the in the wide receiver room, and he's just, you know, they might be watching practice. They're like, hey, man, when this guy finally lets it loose and just stops worrying about being so perfect and not turning the ball over and is a little more aggressive in his mindset like we talked about, like Ryan Fitzpatrick and all those type of things, they got the weapons and team now to go if he's willing to kind of match that, and you know from from all accounts it, it sounds like Tua has recognized his weaknesses and and we'll see where it goes i'm excited about the dolphins i think you are too we look at them as being a a team that could be i don't know i don't want to i don't want to say a super bowl contender but like man they're close to that i think the whole team whether it, it's just about whether Tua and the offense can kind of you know rise up to the occasion you you feel that way the same way i do
0: but i think that's the key it is, and i think what right? they're trying to do is is push his buttons in a positive way positive reinforcement talking about what he can be what he can do and hoping to coax out of him that higher level of achievement that they're going to need to get to these levels that they haven't been to in a long time I think that's the key and it's not quite Daniel Jones, this is it, up or out. Maybe next year will be that for Tua. Maybe he won't even get that opportunity next year. Maybe this is it. Maybe it's Deshaun Watson next year for the Dolphins if Tua can't get it done this year. But I think they're they're trying in the most positive way possible to get him to be the guy that they hope he can be. And if he can't be, they're going to move on. It's that simple. That's the way the NFL works. We're going to move on. When we return, we're going to take a look at the best players in the NFC West not quarterbacks that's monday's draft or tuesday as the case may be when pft live continues right after
1: this
0: (laughs) all right there are the top nine no not top 10 see that one zero is 10 not nine top 10 non-quarterbacks in the nfc west via pro football focus We're going to be pulling names off that board or maybe we'll go off the board as we look at the best non-quarterbacks in the NFC West. That's today's draft. The first pick in the draft hinges on Chris's ability to get this question right. Here it is. The Seahawks had five playoff appearances when they were teams, when they were a team in the AFC. The first of their three wins came in the 1983 wildcard against the Broncos who were the starting quarterbacks in that game 1983 wild card Seahawks Broncos oh man 83 so 83 I the uh, it, it is Elway I
2: believe I believe he became the starter during the year there so Elway for the Broncos and then hold on a second here well this has to be mm, I'm not sure if I do know this or because it's I don't believe it's Dave Craig yet it, it's it's
0: It's the lefty coach. Womp, womp. Jim Zorn. Womp, womp, womp. Both counts. Dave Craig versus Steve DeBerg. Elway came in in relief. He came in relief. That's what it was. Elway. Okay. Elway was in the middle of the season, came back for the playoff game. DeBerg returned to the playoff game. Elway ultimately spelled him. That was Elway's rookie year. All right. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald begins and ends with Aaron Donald. One of the great interior defensive linemen of all time, if not the greatest, Aaron Donald, best non-quarterback in the NFC West. Yeah, Thank you Chris. well, that
2: was an easy one. I can't really, uh, you know, disagree there. I mean, I think, you know, we're we're officially putting Aaron Donald in a very special class of people. At least I am, as I've always said, it's it's already in the greatest defensive players in the history of the sport conversation. Uh, so good one there. Uh, can't really fight that. You know, honestly. I'm going on. The, I'm staying with. I'm still on Jalen Ramsey. You know, I don't. I don't give a damn. Yeah, he's next to me. I'm gonna go with Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, NFL passing league best corner in the game. Island guy, not just an island cover guy. Really tackles, brings a leadership, edginess element to their defense. He's not even on, you know, top great ten graded non QBs. See, this is why grades you can't always pay attention to them. Yeah, his grades. I'm sure were. A little negative here and there. When you got to cover the greatest athletes in the world, man-to-man all over the field, you're going to have some negative plays and things like that. But I, I think it's hard to, to you know, argue that J- uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey isn't one of the best players in the NFC West.
0: And there are a few others that are not on that list that we could consider yeah, and may sure. make it on. But I'm going to go ahead. You're going to leave Trent Williams or I'm going to take Trent go ahead. Williams. The yep. highest-paid offensive lineman in league history signed the contract to stay with the 49ers they were very happy to keep him after that trade last year sat out a whole season a guy who can be a cornerstone of your offensive line a little on the old side but that's all right he's still got a few years left in him and I would take him right now as uh let's say and I agree with you Ramsey probably would have been my okay, second pick thank you. so
2: Ramsey's off I'll go William all right good thank you you're right I, all right so that's good and this is I mean I'm I'm I would have been in the conversation here with you i would have gone Ooh, do i want to take trent williams know, do i want to take you know there's the jamal adams aspect and then there of course there's george kittle i'm going to follow you again i'm going to go with george kittle i am i mean he's the highest paid tight end in football for a reason because he's the best tight end in football when he's healthy he is he's a phenomenal blocker he's amazing you know after the catch He's rare in the fact that he's a 248-pound tight end that can literally go 70 yards to the house if he catches a slant up the middle or something like that. He's a huge part of that offense, but has incredible versatility in the different ways he can kind of attack you. Slot receiver, traditional tight end, lined up as a H back or a second tight end, can do all that type of stuff. Uh, he's He's too damn talented, so I'll go with Kittle.
0: Isn't it amazing? We got two defensive players, a left tackle, a tight end, no running backs, no receivers. I am thinking Jamal Adams yeah. for this pick. Right? I am seriously thinking about it. Uh, I I'll go. I'll go DeAndre Hopkins. I got to. I got to take <laughs> I go there. a, a skill yeah. position player. I got to go there. Yeah. I got to. And and Jamal Adams. I am concerned they're going to have a problem with him this year from a contractual standpoint. I, I they, they they gave up two first-round picks to get him. They're going to have to pay him, and uh, they may have to get him paid by the start of training camp, or maybe he won't be there. I know Hopkins will be there for the Cardinals, so I'll take Hopkins. Yeah, I hear you. That's a good one,
2: and you're right. It's amazing that Jamal Adams thinks he's gone this far. You could see he's not one of the top-10 graded non-QBs. He got off to a horrible start last year, remember, learning that defense. He made some mistakes. And again... Injured. Injured. And again... When you're a super talented safety, you get asked to do things that other safeties don't, like covering Julian Edelman 70 yards down the field on a post route. Yeah, most safeties aren't asked to cover the team's slot receiver that way, so that you got to take that into account. But I, I like your pick with Hopkins. I mean, come on, he's damn special. He's kind of changing around, around the attitude of that football team. Man, there's a lot to pick up. I mean, I, I mean, I we got Nick Bosa. Who's coming back from injury? Buddha Baker's out there. Uh, Fred Warner. Oof. I'm gonna go with DK Metcalf. I'm gonna go next with that. I am. Uh, I, I almost I, I almost went Fred Warner. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm gonna go with DK Metcalf a little bit. Just he's too much of a difference maker, game changer, and the fact that he can dictate coverages and the way defenses play because he's such a special entity that way. He's a freak of nature. We know that. Size, speed, yards after catch, everything like that. So, yes, I'll go with DK Metcalf.
0: Is he another one that was off the the board? I don't think he's on there. No, I don't don't think think he's on there there either. either. My memory is not uh, cooperating with me today, but there is no DK Metcalf. There is a J.J. Watt. There is no DK Metcalf. I'm going to stay off the board then, and I'm going to go with Jamal Adams uh, because of what he can be when he's healthy Yeah, and if the Seahawks get him compensated to the point where he's happy and he's motivated and he's driven. They gave up two first round picks to get him. That tells us all we need to know what they think of him. He should be on this list.
2: Yeah, I I I don't disagree with you there. He's one of the best defensive players in football. He is, and he is a difference maker, and he's the kind of guy like we've talked about pretty much with all these guys. Like If you're a quarterback or an offensive coordinator, a lot of your game plan is about where is number 33, where is he lining up? You know, when he's in certain spots and unlocks certain other defenses and what they do. He's a big clue to that. All of those type of things. Let alone I mean, I don't know. He's he's up there as far as the best in football, as far as just like, hey, go get the guy with the ball. There's nobody better than Jamal Adams. He's phenomenal at that. All right. Hmm. Man. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna go with the best the best pass rusher in the division, even though he's banged up. And Leonard Floyd, as much as I like him, and I've talked about Fred Warner, and there's Eric Armstead. Man, Buddha Baker's still out there. I am going to go with Nick Bosa. You know, got hurt early in the year last year, so I would expect him to be 100% when the season comes around. And as we talked about even before he got hurt last year, going into his second year, he was already in the discussion for one of the best defensive players in the league. Not just, like, best young player, best rookie, best defensive player we talked about it in the Super Bowl that year remember with the Chiefs 49ers it was already like no Nick Bosa is not just like hey a nice rookie we have on the team he is one of the best pass rushers in football he's special that way and I think he'll be a big boost
0: for that team I'm gonna go off the board again as well based on history Chandler Jones oh he only had one sack last year was only in five games but good lord 19 13 17 11 12 and a half he still got gas in the tank I'll take Chandler Jones okay
2: uh, that's, that's a good one I like the Chandler Jones uh pick certainly all right damn you you went quick there I wasn't ready for that um I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with man I'm going to forty nine er centric here. This is what I don't like about this, but I'm going. Why is a shock? Well, I know I don't mean to. I'm gonna go with Fred Warner though. I am. I think Fred Warner is arguably the best middle linebacker in the game. I do. I think he's in that type of stratosphere. He is like paramount to the success of the forty nine ers defense. And when you talk about like team speed and the speed of the 49ers defense a lot of that is predicated a lot of times when you talk about team speed on defense, is because the linebackers are fast and it starts right there with fred warner he is their bobby wagner of their defense and
0: damn he's good in pass coverage and the run game all right let's take a break we'll wrap up this tuesday edition of pft live
2: tuesday
0: Check out Mac Jones with the left-handed grab. Where is he? Where's number 50? He's on the left. There he is. There we go. Pretty good. Here it comes. Right-handed. Oh, wow. Right-handed. Yeah. One-handed grab, not left-handed grab. I wondered what was going on there. One-handed, jumping up in the air, snatching it, crossbody. He is athletic even though. His appearance in an Alabama quarterback's you always know, got the best otherwise. hands,
2: Mike. They always got the best hands. They're up there with any of the good receivers on the team. I think I've told you once the greatest compliment I ever got in my career, right? Which wasn't many was Randy Moss telling me I might have the best hands on the Tennessee Titan team because we played a game every day. I, was, I, I tell everybody that
0: Sims, you have Sims, your hand. <laughs> your hand is a big giant bucket. <laughs>
1: I know. How could
2: you not have good hands Well soul was his He had a big giant bucket for our hands too But I'll never forget it We played our games And he went Sims You might have <laughs> the best hands on the team And I was like Damn Randy Moss in a West Virginia accent Just said that to me That is the coolest thing <laughs> See ever <it. laughs> See you tomorrow See Enjoy you tomorrow <laughs>